Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where our deal diggers are hard at work to save you money through the remainder of the Christmas shopping season. Coming up in just a few minutes, there is a battle royale going on right now between Google and Amazon. And who loses in this? You and I, the consumer. I'm going to tell you what they're up to, why it's a nasty gram for us. And later, when did you get a flu shot? Oh, you didn't get a flu shot? You don't want to think about a flu shot? We got to talk about the flu shot and why this year, more than in some recent years, you need to get on over to get that shot. I want to talk about something I alluded to just two days ago that I now have confirmation on. UPS has had a Christmas meltdown. UPS has had a complete breakdown of their package delivery system. Packages are showing up days and days and days late. And if you're someone who signed up for UPS alerts, you'll notice that Packages will say they're going to be delivered one day, then the next, then the next, then the next, then the next. And UPS now is fully acknowledging that they are suffering long package delays. And this circles back to what I said, I think it was two days ago, that I said this year with the package delivery system being so strained because of what is it, 15% of Christmas shopping is done online? Something like that. That the system, that the structure, the number of workers that in particular UPS has can't handle the volume. So far, no reports of similar issues at FedEx, although FedEx and uh, prior Christmas had a big meltdown. So the thing I want you to know is I want to reinforce what I said two days ago, and that is if you're going to do online shopping for things you want to get to somebody in time for Christmas, your cutoff is not what you're going to be told by the online sellers or by any package delivery service. I have established a cutoff for you of this Sunday. This is it. You go past Sunday, I don't care what they promise you. There was one I saw today, it, uh, it says, let me see it, Where's, where does it say? It says something about how guaranteed Christmas delivery, let me see the exact wording, and oh, get it by Christmas with a big kind of ribbon across the electronic ad And then when you read in the description, it says guaranteed Christmas delivery. Ain't no way unless the owners of the website get in their own cars and drive the things to you and drop them off at your house, can they guarantee this season that you're going to have the items by Christmas? After Sunday, if you order something online, know that it will be an iffy thing 
for that to be delivered to your intended recipient by Christmas. In fact, it will make sense for you if somebody you're buying a gift for is local to you and you don't get around to it the rest of this week if you're if you prefer online shopping that you do your shopping in actual stores i know for some people that will give you the nervous breakdown but the point is if you really want to be absolutely positively sure that it'll be there coining part of an old fedex slogan then you need to take that over yourself And you are the package delivery service. Trust me on this. This isn't something to mess with. If you order from Walmart.com or Target.com and you want to have good assurance that an item is going to be available in time, elect for store pickup instead of home delivery. And that will dramatically improve the odds that everything will go just as it should And your intended recipient will have those items in time. Mike is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mike. Yeah, Clark, I'm a big fan, and I appreciate you taking my call. Certainly. I've been shopping a little bit for a dash cam and didn't know if you had any suggestions on what would be the best value or the most bang for the buck. So dash cams, for people who are not familiar with these, these are a really smart purchase because what a dash cam allows you to do is in the event that you're in an unfortunate meeting with another vehicle, you have video of the situation and in the event that somebody decides even when they're at fault, they tell some tall tale, the video you have is fantastic to protect yourself and the dash cams now are confusing to buy because have you seen many times they're as cheap as like fifteen dollars yes i have seen those but i'm a little wary of you know you get what you pay for well (laughs) i guess you're right i of course being cheap guy I did try uh, one that was fourteen ninety nine, and it was worth about ninety nine cents. Oh. And now I use one that I paid forty nine dollars for that seems great. So, the thing that you want is you want one that uh, that continuously records. You want one that uh, if you really want to be sophisticated with it, you don't have to spend a lot for it. You want one that also will. Uh, geolocate where you are at the time okay and the video that these things shoot is extraordinary and all you do is you put in the sd card some of the most sophisticated ones will even go to the step of when when it senses you're in an accident will automatically store the last uh i guess it's 15 minutes that it then holds for you so you can't record over it. But at the very least, what you do is, if you are ever in an incident, is that you just pop out that SD card and you've got that. But you can spend, I mean, gosh, now there are some of these available that are $200. 
that have both, if you don't have a, um, a backup camera in your vehicle, they mm-hmm. also have backup camera capabilities as part Excellent. of the package. Do you have to professionally install, get these installed? No, the ones, uh, forgetting the ones that have the backup camera, just a regular dash cam, the time to install it in your car is the time it takes to get the anti-shoplifting packaging off of it. Okay. Because once you have it open, all you do is you put in the, um, the power cord into the dash cam, plug it into your cigarette lighter in the car. Do we even call them that anymore? The power mm-hmm. outlet in your car? And you mount the thing on your dash and it's running. Okay, great. And I, I love these things because there are so many cases where as an example, let's say somebody's in a very low-speed accident, and it's your fault, and the other person somehow is now claiming after they see an ad on bad TV for one of those lawyers that say they're going to make you rich following an accident, that suddenly they have all kinds of injuries from the accident. The video is fantastic and cuts the lawyers off at their knees, not literally, just figuratively, and you have wonderful, wonderful defense to provide your insurer, or if there's a lawyer who ends up defending you, you've got that, and that's why the dash cams can be very valuable, even if you are the party at fault. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chris. Hey, Clark. Chris, you are a real estate mogul to be. That's right. What are you up to? Yes, sir. I just uh, purchased my first rental property a few days ago. Well, that's great. Did you pay cash for it or take out a loan? I took out a loan. And do you think you're going to be able to get enough rent from your tenant to be able to cover that mortgage and the various ancillary expenses? Yes, sir. I think I'll be um, a little over 300 in the positive every month. From the beginning? Yes, sir. Okay, you're a genius. <laughs> Mathematically, that's not really supposed to happen unless you find an uh, opportunity for a needle in a haystack to stress property. So good job to you. Thank you. How can I be of help with you being a, a new landlord? Yes, sir. I had a question. Um, I forget what you say about whether or not I should um, look into putting this into an LLC or... If I need to just uh, look into an umbrella policy or neither. Well, to keep it simple, this is your first rental property. And with a mortgage on it, you'll find that it'll be better just to do the umbrella. Umbrella. Right. And there's another issue that has come up recently, and that is there are so many people like you and me who own uh one or more rental properties that a lot of insurers are now in their umbrella policies excluding coverage for rental property. So with your insurer, you need to make sure that if you buy an umbrella policy that it truly does provide blanket coverage, not just for everything else in your life, but also for this rental property. And do you have a uh, dollar amount that you typically recommend? Depends on how rich you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super rich. 
Okay, because uh, the per- I my, my primary residence, I owe like um, about a hundred thousand left on it. I purchased for one hundred eighty. So I mean, besides that, we have some a little bit of liquid cash, but we're not uh, we're not at Clark Howard status yet. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what that is. So. <laughs> As far as what I would look at then is you probably would be okay with the base initial umbrella, which they're sold in multiples of millions. Yes, sir. And you're going to pay a couple of hundred dollars a year with most insurers for that base umbrella policy. And as you develop more and more wealth over the years, you want to increase that. And ultimately, if you end up with multiple rental properties, that's when you really start looking at putting them each in their own LLC, not one Fair. blanket LLC for all your properties, because then you something happens at one, you put them all at risk. You put each rental property in its own limited liability entity. And that's when you say like three or more? You know, I guess that would be at the point where you have what I call an uncovered asset, where you don't have any debt against it, and you have the whole thing you could lose, that's when that becomes really important. If you have a mortgage and most of the value of the property is tied up in that mortgage, then you have a lot less to lose. There's not a lot for somebody to get from you. And isn't it weird, and what a commentary, Chris, about modern American society, that two calls in a row, both with the dash cam and with you with your rental property, circle back, to the risk of getting sued by somebody is why you have to take various precautions. It's time for today's Clark Rageous moment, and this really is Clark Rageous. Some of the big boys are in a big fight, and they're throwing mud at each other, but while they're throwing mud, you and I are the ones that are losers in this. Wait till you hear about the fight between Amazon and Google. Rip-offs. Outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. So Google sells a lot of products now for the home that use artificial intelligence, the Nest thermostat, various forms of security cameras, home security systems, the Google Home device that is an artificial intelligence device that you can talk to, ask it questions, play music on it, tell it to put a channel on your TV, You can use it as a home intercom system, and on and on and on and on. Well, Amazon has the Echo device, and I'm going to be careful how I say it so I don't set off anybody's Echo device. So Amazon sells a lot of uh, electronic goods now, so they blocked Google from selling any of their products on Amazon. So then Google said, well, if you're going to do that, You know, we own YouTube, which is the most popular app that anybody uses on any device. YouTube is running, I mean, by far and away, the number one thing anybody ever uses on any tablet. Well, Amazon just sold a zillion of their Fire tablets, including the one I was recommending so much leading up to Black Friday and Cyber Monday. The HD10, which is an extraordinary tablet and was an incredible deal Black Friday week through Cyber Monday at $99. Incredible deal. But now 
the most popular thing anybody would use those tablets for, they can't do because YouTube has now been blocked from them. You know, I think I need to take the big babies at Amazon and the big babies at Google and take them to a playground and let them fight it out and then after they're done, sit them down and get them to remember that even though they are competitors, the people who should not get hurt are consumers. You know, the difference now when we buy a product is that product may or may not have the capabilities we purchased because the whims of the marketplace at any time, this is really uncool. And Amazon should extend the first olive branch by putting the Google products back for sale on its site. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Question, are you one of those nevers on getting flu shots? Are you one of those people who believes if you get a flu shot, you're going to get the flu? Okay, so technically, it is true that years ago, the way the flu shot was concocted, you did have a remote chance of getting the flu from having the flu shot. But now with it being a uh, what's referred to as a dead virus, it's there to give you protection, but it will not in turn give you the flu. There's not that unintended consequence or side effect. And not getting a flu shot is a gamble. It is true that if you get a flu shot, you still have a chance that you could not be fully protected against a flu outbreak or that you would end up with the flu like anybody else. But historically, if you do get unlucky, that the annual cocktail of the flu shot misses the mark, empirically, you are likely to have less severe symptoms and a quicker recovery if you've had the flu shot, even if they miss. You know, a flu shot each year is where a bunch of brainiacs try to figure out the right strains to protect you against. And it's a little bit like a game of horseshoes, that close is as good as they're going to get. But the protection that you get is really good. Because the problem, if you get the flu, is it can kill you. That's the problem. I mean, that's plain and simple. I want to get that out there, that the flu ends up taking a lot of lives, and a lot of people think of it, oh, well, that only happens to fill in the blank. That wouldn't happen to me, but the flu although it's more likely to be fatal for someone who's older or someone who's very young, can take people who are in between, even people who are extremely healthy. So my nag session is over, but I hope that I have guilted you enough that you will reconsider 
not having had a flu shot. And if you have any form of health insurance, often the flu shot will be free or ultra-low cost with whatever coverage you have. And if you don't get your shot, you're going to have to take my son next year for his shot because he hates having the flu shot, and I want you to take him instead of me having to take him. Ed is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ed. Hello, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Ed. You have a question for me about, uh, this is an investment opportunity you've been offered. Is that right? I heard about it on the radio. It was, in fact, a news program. It was not a commercial. I'd have been far more suspect had it been a commercial, but they were speaking about uh, investing in commercial bridge loans. Commercial bridge loans. Man, nobody's asked me about those, I bet, in a year. So are you excited about the idea of having your money tied up for an indeterminate period of time? I'm excited about getting a decent return on my money without, with, without the risks of uh, the stock market. That was your money blowing potentially to smithereens. I'm glad and, I haven't invested yet. And the risk, I don't look at them as, I guess they're kind of half speculative and half investing because they're pitched. And by the way, what you would have heard it on would have been almost certainly a purchase time show that's like a radio version of an infomercial. It was, in fact, the Jim Bohannon show, uh, the morning program he's on. He was addressing it with a financial expert. Now, Jim is a great guy. He is a great guy. I've known Jim for uh, decades, and I then respectfully disagree with him on these because they can be very, in the lingo of the trade, illiquid. The people who borrow money on a, a commercial bridge loan, real estate bridge loan, anything like that, are doing it because they were not able to qualify for a loan from a traditional mainline lender. And because of that, the risk to you is that you are coming in as a high-risk lender to someone who failed the test of qualifying for normal underwriting. So often if somebody couldn't qualify for the loan up front, they're not likely to qualify a year from now or six months from now or two years from now or whatever, and your money is tied up. And you ultimately, along with other people part of the loan, you end up kind of in a never-never land where you face the possibility of having to go through an expensive foreclosure process or you just have your money tied up and you hope you get paid. If somebody uh, stops paying, you have no income coming in from that note. Well, I understand, and uh, that's exactly what I wanted to know, Clark. I appreciate your time and your expertise. Absolutely. So, again, not a scam, but a very high-risk venture for you to be an investor in. Mary is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Mary. Hi, how you doing? Great. Thank you, Mary. What's okay. going on? The situation is I live in my house now, <clears throat> excuse me, 
and uh, we are wanting to buy a new house. And we're trying to figure out how to do that without putting ourselves in a situation where we have to pay two mortgages. Now, oh, wow. We also want to fix up our current house and get a better price on it when we sell, but we can't fix it up while we're living there. <laughs> so we're kind of in a bind. All right. Now, why can't you fix it up, the things you need to dress up for sale? Why can't you do those while you're living there? Well, we're worried about things like carpet and the flooring getting re-messed up while we still live there and then having to redo it if we don't find a house soon enough. Huh. Okay. So this is, you're hitting me with quite an interesting scenario because normally what you would do is you would do the basic cosmetic things that you would need to do to your home that make it much more attractive to a potential buyer and then you are looking at immediately putting it on the market. So okay. hopefully there wouldn't be time for the cosmetic improvements you make to end up getting um, not looking so good again. Right. Yeah, that would be the ideal situation, but we don't have a house picked out to move into. So, all right, I am a merchant, you know? I, okay. I, I really am willing to inconvenience myself to protect my wallet. So what you do as a fallback position in a case like that is if you're willing to consider this, is that if you get your home on the market, you scare up a buyer quicker than you expect, you haven't identified where you want to move yet, that you consider something that maybe you haven't thought about, and that is you rent temporarily while you find the right place to go. Okay. Because that puts you in a superior position. You don't have any sense of desperation where we're carrying two mortgages, you know, we already closed on this new thing, and we got the old house we got to deal with. If you put all your efforts into dressing up the house you have, getting it on the market, and if you get lucky and score a quick sale at a good price, then you deal with the inconvenience of temporary housing. Okay, okay. Are you? Is that something you'd be willing to consider? It's definitely something we have talked about. Um, we've also talked about moving in with a family member to save that, you know, rent money. Well, uh, gosh, if you have a family member that'll take you in, all the better. <laughs> well, it's a lot of family togetherness question. suddenly. Oh, it's a sanity question. Like, can we keep our sanity if we do it? <laughs> well, that's why I'm smiling and you're laughing because lots of times family's a lot better with a little distance built in. Right, right. Not 10 or 20 feet distance. But I think that's how you proceed is, is have you had an agent come in and lay it on the line for you? What are the things that you should really do to your home to get it to where it's very attractive to a potential buyer? Uh, it's just really the flooring and um, a new roof, just, just to make sure. But you know, that's what we see. It's really good to have um, an experienced agent's perspective um, you know, since they deal with prospective buyers all the time, to see what okay. things they think are important that you do to get the quickest sale at the highest price. Do you know okay. there's a theory in real estate, and there's no 
proof of this, but you ask experienced agents and they'll tell you that they can usually identify in the first 30 seconds if a potential buyer is interested in your home at all or will never be. That there's certain initial impressions that someone gets of a home that is because buying a home is there's such an emotional aspect to it. Agreed. And that's why having that uh, hardened veteran of real estate look at your place and say, well, you know, really, I think you need to paint these areas of your home a neutral color. Or you got some clutter here. It's going to make these rooms look a little small. Why don't we get some of this stuff out into boxes or something in the, in a storage area or something? All right. I mean, you really need that person. You need somebody who's not going to tell you everything you want to hear. You need to tell them what you need to hear. Right, right. So we can just set it up and make it look presentable. Right. And so that's why before you start saying, oh, yeah, let's get a roofer here and let's repair it, replace this carpet and all that, get a, a real estate agent or two or three that you see their signs a lot in your neighborhood. Get them in there to do an assessment and tell you how to make that home the one that stands out in a good way when people are looking for a place. Cindy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Cindy. Hi, Clark. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for taking my question. Sure. (laughs) Well, here's the question. Um, My husband and I recently purchased uh, a new car, and it's maybe to your liking a hybrid. (laughs) And well, it's probably more to your liking because you don't (laughs) have to buy a lot of gasoline. (laughs) Right. It is actually our third hybrid, so we love them. Um, The salesperson asked if we wanted both our names on the title, and so we said yes. Then coming home, my husband questioned whether we made this right decision. So I guess the question is, if one of us caused a serious auto accident, would one name on the title limit by half? our assets subject to loss uh, in a possible lawsuit. This is the hour of the lawsuit question, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, No, as a practical matter, and I'm answering this as a non-lawyer, as a practical matter, you don't change the nature of what happens here unless one of you owns pretty much all your wealth that could potentially change the answer. But if you are in life together, not just in love, but also with your assets, then it really is not a significant difference whether the car is owned individually or collectively by both of you. Okay, because I guess we were just wondering, you know, if, if we did have that accident and, uh, you know, it went beyond uh, what's in the insurance, uh, and they started coming after all of our other assets by lawsuit. Um, and, you know, both names were on the car. Uh, I guess they'd, they'd just come after both of us. Yeah, it doesn't, that doesn't make a, a significant difference, likely. It would be a rare situation where that did. But this uh-huh. brings us full circle to what came up a half hour ago, and that is, in your case, 
do you and your husband have a lot of investments, assets of various types, and not a lot of debt? Right, exactly. So this conversation you've had with each other leads me to a different thought, and that is, do both of you have an umbrella insurance policy? Yes. And and do you have a substantial amount or a base amount? Um, it's over the base amount. Okay. So you're already doing the right things. Okay. If you're very worried that there could be a catastrophic claim and you have developed what I call a success tax, a lot of assets over the years, then what you might want to consider is boosting the amount of umbrella insurance you have. And if you don't know what I'm talking about with Cindy about an umbrella policy, what it is is it's an excess uh, coverage that sits over everything in your life. If there was something where someone was trying to extract huge money from you and holding you responsible for something, the liability of it, the umbrella policy sold in multiples of $1 million provides that additional protection. The policies are cheap because the possibility of this happening to you is remote, but if it does happen, it's past ugly. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at Clark.com. Joel asks it for you. Yeah, Clark. Mark wrote and he said, I've previously frozen my credit reports. I would now like to review my reports for possible problems. Well, I need to unfreeze my reports to get copies of them. Not at the government-sanctioned site, which is annualcreditreport.com. You can go there, and you'll be able to see once each year. You can see your Equifax, your TransUnion, your Experian for free. And what I'd like for you to do is rotate them. If you're very organized, put on a calendar every four months that you're going to get another one of the reports. That way, you're always able to see one of your reports in full every four months, never paying for one. And one other thing, if you have uh, existing credit card accounts, if you sign into your credit card portal, most credit card companies will give you your current credit score, which is kind of a proxy for how your credit's doing, how it's looking, and you're able to see that for free at will whenever you want, every single day if you wish. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for tuning in to The Clark Howard Show today. And if you're like me, you like deals, we got our deal diggers hard at work at ClarkDeals.com that help you save money day in and day out. We work around the clock to find the best deals for your wallet. And they're on a variety of consumer items. Check out ClarkDeals.com.